So, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I am always John. And this is Jeremy. All right, folks. Welcome, welcome. Real quick up top, please donate to the Shuri Joe Fund. Last week, I forgot to do, do that at the top. And, uh, well, it got pushed to the back. So, I would rather rather everyone listen to this part and then completely turn off the video. And go donate to the Sherry Joe, Sherry Joe Fund. The fund is in the little description down below, as you can hopefully clearly see. So please donate and give your dollars. Um, when a paycheck comes in, I will be giving my dollars very short and very shortly. But sending that via international stuff is a little difficult. So anything else you want to kind of add in that, Jeremy? Uh, no, not this time. That's good. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, real quick, so some people have been asking about this. I guess it's kind of behind-the-scenes type deal. At this time, we will not be posting Karate Without Belts on any sort of uh, podcast forum, with the exception of YouTube. So, do you know why that is, Jeremy? Uh, probably mixed results, so... <laughs> mixed results. I like that one. Uh, it's actually the Joe Rogan reason. Um, so essentially, anything, any, it looks like, and if somebody knows, they can please point this out to me. But it looks like any place we would push, put this in, like an RSS feed, above a certain amount of da data, will cost us money. YouTube does not cost us money, so we're. We're staying on this platform. Um, the current Chopa stuff where right now, apparently, the FCC is now suing, gotten to a legal battle with YouTube over child content and advertising doesn't really affect us because we don't make content for kids. So, even, yes. so I would say our, our content is family friendly. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, for the most part. At least I try to keep it clean, so it's kind of, I don't know. <laughs> would you play this around your kids, Jeremy? <laughs> um, most of the time I would, so. All right, all right. So kind of that's that for that topic. So, uh, so Jeremy, you were go doing some full contact what yesterday? <laughs> no, I try to avoid, uh, as a lot of people call it, uh, Black Friday around here or is I like to call it full contact shopping. So especially at the uh, Walmarts and other crazy places that have got insane deals and stuff. I'm like, I don't need anything that bad to, I mean, it, I can watch YouTube later and watch the craziness, so that's fine. But yeah, um, yeah no, 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 that's, the only thing I did was go out and, get my daughter some ballet shoes and that was about it so was, oh, that, that, was, all, that was pretty you just told me that was kind of a violent event in itself well yeah i about got ran over by a car and i'm like come on i'm just picking up some shoes on it i'm not getting a 65 inch tv i mean come on something worthwhile i mean i got a whole 15 dollar pair of ballet shoes come on man so Anyway, that was that was my excitement for full contact Friday. So, anyway, yeah, and I, I 
that got me thinking about well what is a lot of that about it's about buying things and especially when it comes to what we're what we're what we do and kind of when we talk about karate we're always kind of almost anti that to a degree maybe maybe not and i guess today we can talk a little bit about um is you and i have been and are teachers and i feel this is a this is becoming a lot more of the case is that we're having trouble distinguishing between student and customer um on both ends both from a teacher's perspective and a student's perspective and so I, this, this is pretty broad, but I, this goes a lot into what happens with karate, too. So today, we're going to talk about that. Jeremy, I think you had something to talk about that up top. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to start. I mean, it, it's, to me, I see it as a difference in mindset. And, I mean, you can have a student but you know how that customer relationship is with that student depends um, that's just kind of how I've always seen it because I've, I've seen it be a strict customer relationship I've seen it be a strict student relationship right where and I, I, I mean I also teach a course at, at one of the local universities and it, it's interesting. I, I've had a guy who's in my class this semester. He delayed his graduation date to take take this class because it's like one of the capstone courses for the program. He right. delayed his he delayed his graduation to take it with me because it's basically what I've done for twenty plus years. So he wanted to actually know it instead of. Instead of hey, here's the book and da, da 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 da, and so in that aspect, that's kind of the difference between, to me, how I see it: somebody who's wanting to learn and is an actual student, as opposed to somebody who's like, I want an A. Well, you gotta learn. Them. No, I just want an A. I'm like, okay, I mean, why are you bothering with me? Go, go take it off. Take an online class, and guess what? You can you can get your A. You can cheat all you want, or whatever. Going that route, I mean, there's way. That's why I really do not like online university courses because I mean, there's so many ways around the security and stuff. It's right. It's ridiculous, but anyway. Well, so, and there's and and there, this is this is stretching back a bit because we. You know, we're talking about this is this is now happening in the modern day, as has always been the case. You know, a lot of the image that karate puts out is that student teacher is very sacred. Um, hard work is always expected. The people, you know, work to the bone to actually get the skills that they have. I feel in reality, um, as opposed to that image, is that a lot of people... A lot of Americans, we can probably say, when they first started karate, and everyone's got there's various experiences with this, and there's kind of it depends on who they trained with. 
but a lot of the early guys who were training in karate were doing so under circumstances where the people who were teaching them were specifically doing it for money. To a degree. Yeah. I but I I I agree with that, but then I also I also see some of the ways that some of some of the very first people that started training in karate were trained and you can't do that today. You cannot do some of the things that were done back then today. You just can't. Especially especially here. You cannot do stuff like like that. Well, I don't think it's, there's much difference between America and a lot of other places to this day. Uh, even in Japan, how they've non-contact karate. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like, no-contact karate is fairly big. It's fairly popular. It, because it's easier than full-contact karate, which is harder on a lot of other people. Right. Uh, but what, what do you mean in terms of stuff that, that can't be done today? Well, I mean, like you can't make a Mel Brooks movie today. Yeah, you can't make a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, no, I mean you can't. It, it's like certain things you used to be able to get away with, like, for instance, like let's say your instructor was requiring you to wear a cup. Okay, S simple safety equipment period you know um yeah i've i i will not acknowledge or deny that i've ever seen this but where some where an instructor would go up and kick someone straight in the, in the cup and you know if you had it on not too much of a problem if you didn't have it on well, you pretty much lost a student. I mean, it's just... Well, or the student learned, or and well, this is, that is... Yeah. That's also, you, you know, we have to think about the gender variation there, um, which would probably speak to then and now in terms of how we view people in martial arts. Um, yeah. But, you know, not, not getting into all that. But, you know, the cup check is, is definitely one thing where people were... We're, we're using this as martial arts, so they were had no problem, you know, pu pushing people a little more, even though they were getting paid. They were still getting, pu they were still getting pushed by the people they paid. Right. I mean, and, and that's cool. I mean, but I mean that, and then you know, take a or taking a kendo stick, and if your feet weren't straight, you. You just basically just pop the top of your foot and basically, you know, it didn't hurt terribly. I mean, it hurt bad enough, but it didn't hurt, you know, wasn't something that was, you know, might have been mentally altering for life, but not, not, not injury wise, but I mean, it was something you definitely for, wouldn't forget. So, right. Uh, um, and I think that there's, you know, could if you think of it this way, right? And we have people. We talk people today, people in this age with applications and phones and 
the ability to see a lot of stuff. Right. Would it be reasonable to say and to expect your teacher to be as hard as that with the expectation that they are training you in a martial art or as you as user of application user or or person who pays that person to be their teacher or to be their client or however they would see that would see that as in fact harmful so and I, I think i think the key to that to that statement and question would be what's the relationship right between teachers and said student or said customer. I mean, is it something where I'm paying this, I expect this? Or it's like, look, I'm paying to be a part of this, I'm wanting to learn as much as I can. Uh, I I think each person's a little different. I I think it goes... it, It goes into a lot of different facets. I think it goes into different cultures. I think it goes into um, different different ideas because it, it was interesting. Um, um, parent and I, we were talking about my daughter's ballet class. Right. Okay? Um, one of the things was some of her friends jumped up you know, skipped a couple classes and moved up, you know, to level four or five, whatever. Whatever it was. I don't know what the level was. And I I took the approach for was like, no, this is kind of the natural progression. Let's keep her going this way. And when we were talking about it, when he was like, yeah, I, I kept my daughter in that as well, too. He goes, I, I didn't know if she's really ready to jump up that far. And I just kind of went back and I'm like, well, I'd rather have a good solid foundational base and not worry about an accomplishment or worry about the foundation. The accomplishments will come later. You know, whatever, right. whatever that is. And, you know, okay. Yeah. I'm talking about dance, but I also look at that as, you know, from a martial arts perspective, um, I paid to be I'm, here. I deserve this. X Y Z. That I'm, that I'm paying four hundred dollars a month. I should get I should get at least the next belt every week. You know, or something uh, to that regard. Right? Yeah, you know, and I mean it, it's an expectation as opposed to earning. But like one of the things, I mean. I, you know, obviously, I want, I want my kids to experience martial arts and karate as well. But I also know being a parent may not be the right person to bring down the discipline part of the martial arts onto them. And so I, I don't want to have that conflict. I, I like to teach them, but yet I don't want to have that I don't want to have that family conflict. If that makes sense, right? And it, it, it and it, it and it goes into whether or not you you want your your kid to have a different experience than what you had an experience with. Because you know, if your dad wasn't your martial arts teacher, then you don't really understand how you how that relationship would function. 
because that yeah. certainly isn't the, isn't going to be this. That's not going to it's not going to be the the student or customer relation. It's going to be student who is also you know little version of me. Yeah, and I mean my 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 kids do not have the same mentality as I do. So it you know if I train them the way I I learned. Holy cow! I mean, I'd have to literally sign them up for therapy right afterwards. But I mean, that's that's just the way things are. So I mean, I'm just coming scouting, kind of looking to see, okay, who would I like to have them? You know, possibly teach them just some very simple basics, the discipline of it, just to get that piece out of the way, and then then have them start learning from that aspect. And so it, it's interesting whenever I start asking questions, I'll start asking questions and stuff. Okay, you know, how, how does this work and stuff? And the first thing they start talking about is belts. And I'm like, <laughs> well, stop. Stop, 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 stop. I don't, I don't. Did you know the karate podcast that I'm on's name? Yeah, I'm like I, I really don't care about belts, and trust me, I if I want to if I want to belt them, I can belt them. It's not that big of a deal, but it's like I, I can care I mean, less. At the same time, you got to realize those people who you're pro- who are you're talking to probably have to already ex- have to probably they're already programmed to explain what their system of doing it is because to 99% of the people who are walking in the door who have no experience with this, right. you know, be like, my kid wants the next belt or I want the next belt coming from, you know, the people who are yeah. coming from that perspective, which makes right. our belts bought or our belts earned. That'll be, a, that'll be a topic for another day. But yeah, I mean, it gets back into I mean, it all revolves around the student, student versus customer relationship. Right. You know, are are they actually learning, or are they just coming here to? I mean, I know you've you've had said students that are basically customers. They come in, and by the time they come in again, they've forgotten everything you just taught them. Right, and then so. I've had some interesting experiences with students who didn't really want to, who of who approach. And let me put it this way: I've had some great experiences with people who, for whatever reason, karate never stuck unless I was there. Yeah. Right. Um, did they pay me? Yes would I still go that route? Because I have always had a conflict personally with money and karate. I've always had some conflict personally. Now, am I saying karate and money don't mix? But that's kind of my answer. Um, It's a little hard to, to, to give a real answer for that. But you know, I'm I'm not here to judge anyone. But from my own pers- yeah. from my own perspective, it is hard to get them to to, to mix and match. Um, but you know, when those I would never you know slap down uh, a hard and fast you know payment structure. I just kind of say whatever 
you know, you can, and, you know, dip. some of those people will get annoyed, be like, hey, we'll pay you now, blah, 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 blah. Um, some people were doing it as more as physical, almost as physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And to a degree, you know, it was okay that they didn't remember anything because we could just, you know, keep doing it. And because they couldn't do it to repetition, they couldn't make it muscle memory. Um, and that was fine. That was okay. Some people, on the other hand, though, who did not, were not doing it for that reason, were simply going through the, going, coming in and going through the motions. I think maybe there's more of a, a mentality of customer in that person, from that perspective. But still, you want that person to, I think, eventually catch on to, no, 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 I'm a student in this. They might start as customers. They might start as people who are just paying money to go to a thing, but eventually you want them to get to that point. Um, I think that's the most frustrating part. Well, I, I think the other thing, I think one of the keys that I think is essential is I think people have to see what the use of it is for, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, and I, I, I mean, because you know, I go back to different memories and stuff. And it's like, well, I'm just doing this to do it, and you know, it's like it, you ask somebody who does not under understand kata even in the least bit, and it's like, well, my instructor said that I have to do this, and this is an exercise, and exercise only. It's like, really? Is this really an exercise only? There's a little more depth to it than that, buddy, but that's okay. That's where you're at. It's like, keep, keep growing. But because right. I think that's when the light switch turned on with me was whenever I started putting together the analysis of how to look at all this stuff. And it's like, okay, okay, this is how... This is how it all gels together. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So, and I start, okay, feed me more, you know, kind of keep going, keep going, keep going. So, and I think that's that, that's going to depend on the student. It also depends on the program they're in. If you're running it very commercially with no end in sight, especially this goes into when you get to people who, who get to black belt, like the, mm-hmm. A lot of and a lot of people with because of this structure, people fall out after black belt. Why do these people fall out after black belt? Well, because they have nothing. They feel they've accomplished everything they've come to, you know, they've come to accomplish. Right. Um, which I don't blame people for necessarily, but that's when you really see who is a student and who is a. Uh, customer well and i i i think also you see somebody who looks at it as okay this is my goal in mind as opposed to this is a lifetime journey it's two different different approaches you know are you looking at it as a project manager are you looking at it as somebody who's actually learning throughout the whole entire time uh, if that makes sense yeah it does and um, and and I, I think where people get in trouble with that, I think it's good to have goals like, hey, I want to learn 
this this year. I want to learn that this year. You know, what whatever. I think that's a good thing. Next year, I want to learn how to be a pirate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I know where there's a pirate ship. It goes out on the lake of the Ozarks. But anyway, um, but uh, no, I want $10 a cruise. But anyway, that's beside the point. But um, hey, my dad, I play pirates. So, so. so sorry, I kind of had a squirrel moment. But, you know, if you if you look at it, I mean, if somebody's, well, my goal is to become black belt. Awesome. What? 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 What are you going to do after that? Well, I don't know. If if that's if that's what their answer is, it's kind of like you know, J.C. Penney selling black belts. I mean, there might be leather. They're not going to be. I mean, it's about twenty bucks now. It's no more than three ninety eight from like forty kid. I mean, inflation's gone up quite a bit, but you know, it's like yet wages haven't. It's the one percent who are taking the black belts, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. All right, yeah. okay, well, that's as far as we're gonna go on that joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. but these but, people, these people, these one percent of one percent of people who are running these McDojos need to socialize the Udancha. Okay, that's know, it. That's it. <laughs> But I think the further on that that concept, I think it's also an instructor who who should be setting those expectations for further growth after that point. I think that's a big problem most, most places have is that they can't really do that. Or they it's not they can't really do that, it's they don't know how to do that. And I think and, just because of how things are struck how that system tends to be structured is that people who end up coming in after that the the assumption is black belt will equal teacher yeah and then that yeah. that person will just kind of fill in as like you know like oh no you're in your entry level teaching position like it, it it doesn't necessarily work like that because that person still has their own training yeah so it's like kind of winning the game and then having to go back over or start back over as the scorekeeper yeah, and, and and that's that's one thing I I will say that um, when I was training with Mike Miner, he did a fantastic. I mean, he was probably one of the best people around to to really get people to understand. Hey, look, yeah, just because you get a black belt, no, we're we're gonna. This is when the real stuff comes. I mean, this is when we're really going to get into it and stuff. And so I think, I mean, I, I just definite kudos to him and and the school around him. And I mean, they they really encompass that. It's kind of like, and everybody was really kind of working together to try to make everybody else better. And so in that aspect, always that's one thing I do miss. Um, training with Mike's group definitely I mean I always felt like you know when you walked in there everybody got better when they walked out not just you so <clears throat> is that because of the group that they happen to be with or because of the structure that he created I think a little bit of both 
I think the group that's there was created from the structure he had. So I, I think that was, I think that's, I think the two go hand in hand. Well, right. And so, I mean, that's, I think that ultimately goes into the kind of school you want to have will be whatever. And because I, I want to, I kind of draw back to the customer student relation, but also like, right. so like karate itself lends itself to, Teaching itself lends itself to this, but it does it it does it in a way where you generally don't have this in any other sort of customer transaction, right? You go to the store, you buy a piece of bread, you give it to the cashier, cashier takes your money, you take the piece of bread home. End of transaction, right? Oh, right. Nice. You beat somebody in the face during on Black Friday, you take you not only have the glory of beating somebody up, but also buying that big screen TV for five for five ninety nine. Right, yeah. boom. Transaction. Learning is not such the case. Right. And when people kind of sit there and expect it, the knowledge to just simply be passed on to them, it doesn't work that way. But when you have a teacher who can <clears throat> can foster a community where people are always feeling like they're learning and pushing themselves and growing. That's good. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, you want to go into the financial aspect of that, however, how far should one go? Right. Well, I mean, you know, you, you look at it, look at it a couple different ways. I mean, one way definitely is like, I paid for this lot of time. I have to be here. Da, 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 da. But then, you know, I also look at, you know, going back to one of the best lessons I got from Mr. Yada, in which basically, you know, like, like I said, I'm standing there and he, he gets into it and he starts going, you know, you know, you can't do my technique and I can't do yours. And it's like, it's what you put into it. If you put into it just as a business transaction, that's all it's going to be. If you put into it, hey, I'm going to totally get into it. I'm going to totally, you know, learn just, just for learning's sake. Then that's what you're going to get. And that ebbs and flows with people. Um, and that's to be expected. Yeah. So if we could kind of maybe flip this over to somebody who's maybe a school owner or a teacher, um, and they, those things are not always, uh, what's the opposite of mutually exclusive? Um, mutually together. No, not those the things that are not always together. Because I've met people who you know can run a, can run a school really well, but can't teach worth anything in the other way around. Right. Um, at what point is it okay to say, I can charge this person X amount of money because I don't know if this person is going to stick around? As opposed to, this person's been with me for X number of years. This person's already paid their dues and X, Y, Z. So they're teaching for me and all this other stuff. So I will alleviate any sort of financial burden this, this, this may incur. Which... I hate to talk about money in this in this regard, but I mean, 
it always comes up when we talk about these things because customer, right? Person's paying. Students, students always ch- tend to pay something. So yeah. at what point is it ethical to charge them an X amount of money is it not? Well, you get into, you know, you get into the instructor, you get into the, you know, whoever's the head of the organization, whatever organization you're running, whether it's a, whether it's a club, whether it's a complete organization. First off, are you wanting to just cover costs? Are you wanting to just, are you wanting to actually make a living doing it? I mean, those two things definitely come into play from an instructor point of view, or at least I, at least as I see it, it does. Right. I, I do remember teaching a class, um, and then we're helping instruct a kind of open beginner class with somebody we both know, and then at the end, this person having to field questions about cost and him just not knowing what the answers were and i'm like buddy you're on your own sorry yeah yeah no yeah exactly yeah no i i I vaguely remember that yes so yeah and so i think there's i'm always i'm all as in from a teacher's perspective should we few people who just begin as customers and then eventually see where they become come to be students you know is that prudent because i feel that's like what a lot of people do if i'm not mistaken well i think almost you have in some ways you have to because because at first you're you're almost building that student teacher relationship right or you're building a a businessman customer relationship. Now, can those two come together? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think I think everybody starts out with businessman customer relationship. I think that's how it starts. It started that way with me too. Walk in, you know, walk in for a free lesson. Yeah, and then after a while, it's like okay great now i've got my interest up now i want to start just learning and it's like let's let's go so but how much of that is the culture of customer said student or businessman instructor right you know you you know i mean it, it just becomes that relationship and that time that bond between the two, um, I, I've been in been situations where, yeah, it it has it has been somewhat of a customer relationship, and I've been in a lot of situations where it was instructor student, and so yeah, I, I mean. It, Definitely, each one's different, and definitely the instructor-student one. I definitely got a lot more out of that. Obviously, I think we all prefer that because that there's actual, there's generally some meaning and respect behind that, as opposed to just ah, here's the thing I did for you because you paid me money. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Like it can be as rude or as polite as you want it to be, but right. especially 
when it comes to being an, an instructor, from a student perspective, you need to be, become teachable. You need to become, you know, ready to kind of bow to what that person says. Um, yeah, from, I mean, a custom, from a customer perspective, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things, I think that's one of the things that was really ingrained in me early on was, you know, here are the Dojo Kooning Guiding Principles. The first guiding principle with us is when asked to be taught, be submissive and free from prejudice, except to teach this show. In this way, you know, I establish showing peculiarities of bad habits. In other words, get your head out and, and follow what's being taught as opposed to thinking you know something. That way you don't get killed. So, I'm not talking outside the dojo. I'm talking inside the dojo. So, Especially in those days. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was, that was the wrong thing to do, to go into school and think you knew something and, you know, get your butt handed to you, so. Well, and I think that in, to a degree that still happens today, I think that's that's just happening in different in a different way because yeah. there's, in, in one regard, there is, with karate, there is less and less willingness to do that, but in other martial arts, there's plenty of more willingness to do that. Right. Um, just because of how things have come to pass, let's say. Um, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, when there's a challenge that comes up, yeah, you got to step up to the challenge. You better be, better be ready. But. And I think that that to a degree is, is something we're probably lacking in, in karate these days is that we do not challenge our students. Is that we, we are seeing them more as customers and we do not, not want to challenge the customers lest we lose them. Right. But what attracted people to karate in the first place? Right? What attracted us to karate? And it was not paying money to get something. And I, the people, you don't want the people who are going to just pay money to get something. You want them to kind of embrace those challenges. And it won't necessarily be the challenges you had, but you can. It's that creativeness that teachers need to have with students to create the challenges for them that yeah. that clearly structure sometimes sometimes negates or avoids completely. But maybe I'm wrong in that aspect. Well, I, I think you're I think you're right on the money because it's like. I mean, if the instructor doesn't take responsibility to create those openings for that student to come in and actually really want to learn, then it's always going to be some type of awkward relationship as opposed to student-teacher student relationship. So. Well, and it's also creating opportunities, right? They're, uh, they're, they're opportunities. Like, you want if to... You, if you're only approaching students like if you're especially when when we talk about kids if you're only approaching kids with the same thing every time that kid is going to get bored um yeah but, but so you have to engage with them and i feel there's more and more there if people aren't engaging with them in different ways especially today 
Um, well, and the other thing is, I don't think you're thinking just of kids either. I think it's also adults, but, you know, I mean. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I see, I, you know, I've told you about stories in previous podcasts of, you know, hey, I want to do this, but I don't want to go through this. I want to just, I want to do my own little thing, but yet I don't want to train real hard doing something other than what I don't want to do. And it's like, you know, you learn how to do it. Gotta, well, gotta... well, I mean, you know, it, it goes back to, it does go back to that student teacher and customer businessman relationship, because I think the customer businessman relationship you have some type of standoffishness. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm paying money, and so therefore I can do whatever I want. As opposed to the student actually saying, hey, look, you're the teacher. You tell me what I'm going to do. Therefore, I'm going to do it. It's and the inverse. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the inverse of what we normally hear is that the customer is always right. Uh, yeah. Right. And then ultimately, that cannot be the case. Yeah, with, I mean, when when it comes to education, yeah. at least most of the time, it cannot be the case. Sometimes it is the case where the student is right and the teacher is wrong, but... Let's clarify education from learning. Right. Because it's two different things. Is yeah. As I'm, <laughs> I'm learning right now, it's two different things. So. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, obviously we want to... We because kind of how we've we've construed things on this podcast, we're more or less chucking the idea the ideas of at least more traditional ideas of education out the door and more to, going towards the point the point of learning. Right. Um, but we don't. Well, that's something for another day. But we we want people to at least come come into our schools and come into our lessons with the trust trust in what's going on right and then yeah. you know you can talk about trust of a brand right so why do people go to shotokan and why do people go to taekwondo right, right? or those these like karate these karate schools or even nowadays like brazilian jiu-jitsu and muay thai or, um, or even they, you know down the road you go to jim bob school whoop ass you know i mean it just doesn't matter it's like you know what's your preference yeah people don't don't know half the time but it's yeah they they like gonna go down the street and be like come to our dai ryu tote jitsu do school for karate like they're even and here's the thing even in japanese that would look ridiculous yeah even in japanese that would look ridiculous yeah and i mean it, it, it was it was interesting because I remember getting into a debate with somebody and they were talking about the name of the school and it was it it was like just way out there and I I don't even remember what it was but it was just like look I've been doing this at the time twenty years plus and I'm like. If I came in off the street, I wouldn't give a poop what that was. 
I'm trying to clean it up. I'm, no but, poops given on this podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I almost said something else. I'm like, no, let's keep, let's keep it family friendly. Let's, I, let's not go I, towards the early episodes where Marty was using was using his New Zealand uh, colloquial colloquialisms a bit too. Oh, let me know, Marty. I'll tell you what. Anyway, but, but, but I mean, it's like, you know, trying to get, you know, and I get it. Everybody gets excited about their their brand and their their art and stuff like that. But my favorite thing is, you know, you see a sign that says karate up on up on a you know strip mall. You go in. Oh no, we're actually practicing tai chi. You're like, what? You know, I mean, part of you just wants to just like, what the heck are you doing? But the other part of me is like. Okay, people understand that that simplicity done. Right, and that's and that's just that's just smart branding. That's just being able to, and and this comes from to the teacher perspective of this, where it's just if you keep things simple, mm-hmm. then people will understand what's going on. But if you try, and we've certainly seen this in the art we practice because of the name changes constantly that they try to make. Um, if you try to make it far too complicated. Then it's, you know, if you got to take ten minutes, twenty minutes to explain something, you're gonna maybe lose ninety five percent of people. Yeah. Um, but if you can kind of simplify everything into one sentence, most of the time people kind of will be on board. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and you know that gets back to <laughs> kind of a funny story. I I was. I was working with somebody and and they were throwing out all sorts of Japanese terms and other students in the class, they were just kind of like, what are we talking about? And, and after class, a gal comes up to me and she goes, why don't you use the Japanese terminology? And I'm like, because my students are American. They don't speak Japanese. I've got to get what I'm teaching related over to them. Does that mean that I don't like or want to learn Japanese? No. But right now, as they're learning, I better speak American or English. Or... I better. <laughs> I better or... speak American. Or you know. He... Here in Missouri, maybe it's hillbilly. I don't know. It's just, you know, I better get through to them the way I can get through to them. I don't need to throw out a bunch of fancy stuff while they're trying to figure all this stuff out. I mean, in reality, like that, I mean, this is, I mean, Nick kind of gets off topic, but like, I I agree with that 100%. As someone who is a educator, like, of English, and who is at least some proficiency um, in Japanese, you know, I've had so many people like ask me, like, what's this in Japanese or what's that in Japanese? And I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm just like, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Just use English. Like, or just use like the language people understand. And that's not to say you shouldn't or shouldn't at least know that. But right. at the end of the day, like, it, unless you're going to start inter- interacting with people who are going to use that term. And so you you and other people you are teaching will understand it when they use it. You don't need to worry about it 
And this is coming from the guy who wrote the article about how we need to not use Japanese and use Uchinoguchi in our karate. So, oh so even lesser known version, <laughs> probably more closer to hillbilly than than. Uh, no, no, well, it's not close to that. But well, I mean, taking that example, taking that example, right? That that right there, understanding what you're who the people you're teaching are is a lot more important than throwing out some some terms that are going to confuse them and therefore that's still going to cause some type of oh, animosity conflict somehow it's not going that relationship between student and teacher is not going to be there and you're not going to get the full effects of having a student a student teacher relationship Right. Uh, unless you're going to use those terms fluently in terms of like, this is what, is how, what we're going to call it in class. Right. And you know how and you know how to build that into the class. So it just comes natural in the class and people can use it. Or, pro it, or progress to that later on. Right. Know, exactly. start, start off with something they can relate to and then progress to it. But, and then I think that builds their trust as opposed to, Structure and builds their builds their interest too, which is what you want. Yeah, it's always what you want is you want people to be to to be very uh, enticed to kind of go go further and learn more. Um, yeah. That that's when you know you're doing it right. But you know, I had I'm not going to completely call it out, but uh, I had uh, speaking of selling, trying to sell things, the customer customer relationship. Uh, we were making a t-shirt and I put someone in charge of the t-shirt and someone made the t-shirt and they didn't actually put the name of the school on there. They just put the initials on the back of the t-shirt. And I was like, why isn't the name of the school on here for anyone else to see? Oh, well, it's, you know, it'll keep people guessing and people will ask and they see it. And I said, no, they won't. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's my brand. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a level of, you know, curiosity building, but there's also a level of trust you want to build with your, with with people you're teaching too. So, I'm just, I mean, that's, yeah, kind of an odd one out there. Anything else we want to kind of say about this topic? No, I, I think I think I think that hits it on the head, and I think that that's a good close, personally. So, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So, Jeremy, what are you working on this week? Anything, anything particular? Um, well, uh, I'm my legs have started getting to the point where I can start doing footwork drills and things like that. So awesome. Um, I'm I'm going slow, but that's kind of what I've been working on the last two three days is just some basic footwork drills and stuff. So I'm I'm just gonna keep doing that and work on getting getting my knees stabilized and stuff. So good, good, good. That's that's great to hear. I've been uh, experimenting a little more with Joe boxing. Oh. Or Joe Shadow. I could just call it Joe Boxing. So yeah. 
sounds like a guy's name. Joe, boxing. What does he do? He boxes. Boxes all day and night. <laughs> He's Amazon's best best underpaid employee. Yes. So, um, just going on that that not the footwork of that, but just on that box and just doing stuff at random, but also just trying to follow patterns um, and trying to kind of let a pattern develop out of what I will kind of naturally do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, trying to run my legs off. But. Yeah. Well, I got you. Very cool. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Well, all right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Any, Jeremy, anything you want to kind of say in closing? Um. I guess in closing, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday this last week. And um, except the Canadians, people who had Thanksgiving in October. Hey, all all I know is Thursday I was I was doing some major cooking. That was the main thing I know. So that's that was good. So go food, but you know, go, go food indeed. Go food. So all right. So team food as opposed to team drinks. So I so I've got enough turkey to last me at least another three, four, five days. So can you put it in an ice box? Can you send it here? I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. Next uh, I'll tell you what, next time you come to the States and drop by and I'll I'll have something for you. How's that? So now if I'm getting stopping by KC, we're going, we're doing barbecue. Hey, I'll 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 do that too. Doesn't bother me. So do you guys do barbecue turkey? Huh? I I I have a huge huge smoker, so I do like I smoke like two turkeys, and so I I baste it in like apple cider and apple ale and things like that. So it's it's it it, it was it, it and I I jack that thing so full of butter. I mean, it goes up almost three or four more pounds, but it's. I stuck the thermometer in there to check the check the temp, and I mean, literally, butter starts shooting down. I was trying to explain to the kids what Thanksgiving was, and I was trying to explain because in Japan they don't have turkeys, so I was trying to explain what turkey was and how it wasn't a chicken. And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, we put stuff in it too. Sometimes we put stuffing." And they're like, "What's stuffing?" I'm like, "Mixed up bread." And so, <laughs> trying to yeah. explain that. And now you're telling me you're putting butter in a turkey? <sighs> yeah. So. Absolutely. The only way to cook it. So that's... <laughs> As Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, for every calorie you take in, it's a calorie you need to burn. Yeah, so, well, I need to burn about 10,000 calories after Thursday. So, all right. Anyway. <laughs> well, folks, remember, please, to donate to the Sherry Joe uh, Castle Fund. Um, thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to keep training. <laughs>